Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings, the largest comeback in NFL history edition. That's right, the Vikings circumvented a 33-0 lead at halftime after a foolish and lifeless first half. Somehow won the damn thing at U.S. Bank Stadium over the Colts, 39-36, in a where-were-you-win moment type of affair. So we're going to talk about it. I'm Dustin Baker. I'm here with Bryant McKinney, Sal Spice, Ron Saw, and Yannick Eckhart from Germany. He's joining tonight. We're going to go through that, talk about the Pro Bowl. Stuff just came out. If you're listening right away, a couple hours ago, for this is Thursday for you, last night. But yeah, there were a couple or sort quite a few Vikings on there, plus some alternates. Then we'll jump into some Giants stuff because that is on that's on the way. Saturday, Christmas Eve, Vikings Giants. Foremost, though, betonline.ag. It's our sponsor. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Bet Online or head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive those rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. I said we're going to hop into some comeback talk, and that's indeed what we got first. The Vikings came back from 33-0 at halftime, and one of the unsung things about it is that with about two minutes to go in the third quarter, it was 36-7. to So it's not like the comeback started you know, gangbusters in the third quarter. It took a while to get going even then, but it did come to fruition, and the Vikings won the NFC North, guaranteed themselves a playoff game, hopefully two, and here we are. Sal Spice, uh, you you went through an array of emotions like we all did, so describe mm-hmm. them. Tell me about your day on Saturday. Well, the day was good. You know, went into the day feeling really confident, um, had a great time at the tailgate, even though it was cold, left the tent up in preparation for the celebration of the NFC North title. First time in five years, first time uh, since 2009 or 2009, since Aaron Rodgers was healthy for an entire season and they won it. True. So um, yeah, couldn't have been more excited uh, than it um, quickly turned to not even wanting to be there and to trying to figure out how I was going to get to the roof to jump off. <laughs> and um, so I was, I was not thrilled. I wanted to actually leave um, early because I just didn't see any way how 
they could even come back based on their play and also the amount of points that they were down. I didn't see that happening and it was kind of windy. So I was worried about my tent blowing away and why would I put myself through that? So, uh, but every time I requested that we leave, my friends just ignored me. Like they just didn't even acknowledge that I was speaking. So that didn't happen. And I didn't think that they would actually pull it off until the kick went through, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I thought all of this is just a waste of fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought people were standing and I was just like, I'm not going to even yell for this. Like, I'm not losing my voice. I mean, eventually I did. Eventually I did. What I contemplated, Sally, kind of like you in overtime was, so I'm going to, I'm going to drive home four hours thinking about the greatest NFL comeback that ended in a tie. And yes. I was try- I was trying to figure out what type of emotions, how you would even get motivated by that. It would have felt like a nothing burger. Like, oh, okay, so we didn't lose. Well, and my friend that I was sitting next to was the same friend that I was with in Lambo when they tied in 2018. So I'm like, oh, great! Like, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Brian, it sounds uh, like you did some some drinking on Saturday. The, the I did. Yeah. Um, I was looking like okay. Every time I come up for a game, it's like <laughs> very disappointing. For context, yeah. for context, the last game he came to was the Cowboys game. <laughs> right. So I was like, God, every time I come up for a game, you know, at halftime, it's like thirty to zero. I'm like, how did this happen? So like, I kind of checked out <laughs> for a little bit. And yeah. we're like, well, come have a drink with me and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, it like started to turn around. I'm like, wait a minute. Now we're only like eight points away and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, we didn't have a chance to win. And I there was one person there who kept like, who low-key was like calling it out. Like, oh, it's going to end up going um, overtime and they went overtime. And I was like, what? Like, somebody was calling out in the third quarter when it still looked like it was a faraway thing. But he ended yeah. up being right. He called like two or three things out that ended up being actually accurate. We were looking at him like, how did you know that? But, <laughs> what were you what, what were you in town for? Um, last minute they asked if Chester Taylor and I could um host a watch party, but I felt like it would have made more sense if you did it when it was a away game, but last minute they asked us and they even when like Tom West found out we were in town, they're like, Why are y'all trying to come to the game? And it was like, they have us down the street actually. So we um we did that. Um yeah, I feel like if I was at the game, I'd have probably left. So I'm kind of glad I was stationary <laughs> right. somewhere and still could just continue to watch the game. They said 20% of people that were there left at halftime. Yeah. It benefited I, me because I moved up like 30 rows. So <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think there's when you something when stuff's going that poorly and you know you go to a lot of se- games like a season ticket holder you kind of have this artificial test like all right if they don't score on this drive there's no way they can come back and it's a waste of my time and i think when they came out and looked flat on the first drive it was like nothing has changed and that was kind of the catalyst to send folks home and <laughs> well especially if you got a drive yeah i mean yeah. like yeah like you yeah Yannick, you went to the Vikings game in England and saw them defeat the Saints, but this was your first game stateside. <laughs> what did you make of it, good sir? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, once-in-a-lifetime experience to, to watch the game like that. Um, I thought first half, what a terrible game to attend. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then in the third quarter, okay, now it's not embarrassing. And and then they they made the comeback. 
So just incredible. I recently bought a batch of four more season tickets because my son's getting into the Vikings and football. And so this was our first game sitting in that spot. And I sold my two seats, my regular seats, to a co-worker that I used to work with here in Sioux Falls. Because of weather, and I don't think he had a four-wheel drive, he couldn't make it. And so he messaged me and said, yep, I couldn't make it. And so in the first half, I'm like, what a lucky son of a bitch. You know, he, he didn't have to come sit through this. And then I remembered him about three hours later and thought, oh, no, <laughs> this this was uh, I think he goes to one game like every five years of the way that he was talking. I was like, oh, man, and I don't even think he resold the tickets. I don't know if he knew that was allowed or whatever. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of stories like that, uh, kind of like the miracle. There were some folks that left that too. Ron, you you said you FaceTimed everybody you knew. Pretty much. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be mad. Like I so when we made that come or we tied it up, you know, because I, I I knew you were in town and I you know wasn't able to to make it out there. So I was like, I I gotta like I just I gotta talk to and I had buddies over. We were watching it. None of us could believe what was going on. We and we uh, one of my buddies. We were doing shots every time Vikings scored. So um, they were coming uh, coming pretty heavy in the second half. But uh, um, but yeah, we were all even just watching it we were just like we made the jokes like is the is there any college bowl games on or whatnot and it's just like but we you know watching it at home is also different because it's you know you want to tune away but it's also like all right at least you can watch it hear what they have to say especially with Burleson on the call he does such a great job um you know kind of hearing what they have to say um on the national media side about the the team and I just want to see them at least show some life so even after, you know, like you said, after the first drive, not scoring, and then it's like, oh, God, here we go. And then, um, all right, we we get a score, and then they get a field goal. Now it's still back at, you know, a, you know four-score game or whatever the, the number is. And then you're mentally doing the math um, of, well, if we score a point every minute is essentially <laughs> what it kind of – if we, we outscore them by a point every minute, we're back in this. Um, but not once did any of us ever really think it was a legit possibility. So, um, you know, it was, uh, rubber chickens flying around the, the basement here. Like this was as the kids were playing with them, just excitement, the, the terrible, um, whistle blown dead. Um, like the, like at that point, those things started to, to anger a lot more because it's like, they're real, the refs are really going to screw up this opportunity of, uh, of the comeback. So, um, but no, it was, uh, man, I can't imagine what it was like at the stadium. Like I, if I were there, I, I'm surprised that more than 20% of the people didn't leave to be <laughs> honest, because, you know, 33 points at halftime. I mean, the greatest comeback in NFL history, but also just the way it was transpiring. It was, there was no life. All phases were just getting outmanned and, um, but good for the team the you know to fight um you know it's you've heard the patrick peterson saying that we only need five touchdowns but it's almost like the cliche part of it and brian i'd like to hear your thoughts on it and being on that side of a law but um there's was belief behind it like every step of the way and i honestly i think kj osborne really sparked it so um just with his play and fighting for extra yards um in that that scoring drive just uh it's hard to yeah still unbelievable bryant if a future hall of fame cornerback told you at halftime of a 33 nothing game (laughs) all we need is five touchdowns would you laugh him out of the room or would you say you know what he's right um but well i need you to stop somebody (laughs) (laughs) 
True. <laughs> the defense telling us what we need. You know, okay, we get those five touchdowns, but we don't need them to score anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sally, I've got to ask you before we move on to some Pro Bowl stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. the evolving queen of enthusiasm um, that you are, <laughs> I am still scarred by the first half and I can't shake that. And I was delighted to see that that's what the head coach has been studying this week is how they got there. But are you worried as well that that DNA lives in there that it could just show up in any game? Well, I mean, we've seen that DNA in almost every game, just not to that extent Mm -hmm. at some point in the game, right? Specifically the third quarter always. So, yeah, of course. I mean, and as we've said, you know, several times they're going to be playing stiffer competition come January. So I I don't think you can't help but be concerned about it. But I'm going to say on the flip side, that they also have the DNA to turn it on when they need to. Mm-hmm. So if they can find out how they can do that for the whole 60 minutes of the game, I mean, that would be, uh, <laughs> you might get your blowout. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the Holy grail. We've been waiting for that since week one, right. uh, Sally hexed everything. And, um, that's just what we have to live with from here on out, or at least until, they, <laughs> yes, they, I did. I forgot they, what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah you said, I wish it was a little bit more exciting and yeah, it was like a hex because it's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on the giants. Um, interesting note that when they beat the commander Sunday night, they put themselves in a commanding driver's seat to reach the postseason. So even if they lose this game, they're still sitting pretty, which also means there is a very realistic chance that the Vikings play the Giants twice in three weeks at the same building uh, because the Giants would probably be considered the mathematical front runner to face the Vikings in round one of the postseason. Uh, the other teams to keep an eye on are the Commanders, Seahawks, Lions, and Packers. Yannick, Pro Bowl, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Zedaria Smith, and Andrew DePaula. Those are the five Non-alternates, they are in the game, and then there's also a handful of alternates. You saw those revealed on Twitter about an hour and a half ago. What did you think of those, Yannick? Who got snubbed? Um, for sure, Christian Deriso. I mean, he, he's playing at an elite level. He, I think he should be in. Maybe Kenny Mungu, his return touchdown. He, he sparked the game against the Patriots. And third one and maybe maybe ryan wright his puns are incredible he's still without a touchback this season so (laughs) and he pins down the opponents at their end zones he's just incredible i think those three should be in and is it your Um, understanding with the alternates that those will be probably those guys will be given the nod because it's not like players need to take the game off anymore because of the Super Bowl. I haven't quite understood the new rule about alternates. Yeah, I'm not sure about it. Okay, we'll have to... We'll have Wait, to what do you mean? So... Well, they don't have the Pro Bowl anymore. And usually, at the end of January, a bunch of players would bow out of the Pro Bowl because they had the Super Bowl. And then... Is this was, the week before? I think the skills competition is, yes, they have like a, they've totally revamped the Pro Bowl. And so there's no longer the game, but they have the recognition, which was announced tonight. And then they have a slew of alternates, but I'm trying to figure out, I'm guessing that those dudes are just considered pro bowlers, but I I don't know for sure yet. 
It's weird because I think, no, I think if for some reason the alternate ends up making it because someone backed out, then they're considered pro bowlers, which is why it's kind of misleading. Okay. But why would anybody back out? There's nothing to back out of. Super Bowl, right? But there's no Or a lot of people just take, yeah, but still everyone has backed out the last couple of years since it's been changed. Well, this is the first year without a game. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, they did a skills competition last year. They oh, was that long. like was that like a Pro Bowl weekend and yeah. they did skill? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. There's no football game anymore between the uh, Pro Bowlers. Okay. And I, I was don't know, wondering. Maybe as many won't, but I still think, you know, you want to be resting or if you have an injury, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe it's the the dudes that are elected to the Pro Bowl will go to the event and some just won't even go to the event because they're getting ready for the Super Bowl, which could be the Vikings. So all this could be moved, right? You know, uh-huh. Anybody? <laughs> That's what our girl Kaylee said. I summed a sealer line. She said, I don't care who made the Pro Bowl because no Vikings will be in it. <laughs> Ron, were you going to say something? No, I, well, I, I just think it's weird. Um, yeah, like with the alternate and stuff, um, or how, what we'll see what that looks like. But um, how does Harrison Smith not make it? Like that's what I was trying to look for the like actual list of who the players are. Um, I mean, even though I know he missed a couple games, ironically both Lions games, but doesn't he still have five or six interceptions on the year? And he's a, one of those repeatable or those names that the recognition alone he's in that category and he's putting up the numbers alongside of it. So I don't understand that. Um, they gave it to let's see, Quandry Diggs, Buddha Baker. And the Hufanga dude from the 49ers. I mean, I guess I get a Buddha Baker in by name because um, he's been one of the top, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think that's a, if there's a snub, now I'm not going to say that, you know, many of our defensive players, I'm not going to argue that many of them need to be there because, um, you know, the, the vaunted 31st ranked defense, um, but Harry's putting up the numbers, the Hall of Fame career and nothing. And then so. Darisaw lives in a disadvantageous spot because it's Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, and Tristan Wirfs. So, yeah, dudes that he already took steroids have... like Lane Johnson, maybe get him, <laughs> but, uh, um... yeah. So the, at least they're alternates. We'll see. Brian, we'll see. have you ever been in the portable? Once. Mm-hmm. But tell, how did it feel when you got in? Were you excited, or do players just not really care about that that much? I feel like how Darisaw feels. I, I always had people like. Loza Adams, um, from uh, Walter the, Jones, um, yeah, Walter Jones, Loza Adams, and you had a guy from um, the Redskins at the time, they were all older than me, so they all kept going and they went missing. You had Orlando Pace was in my thing at the same time. What was the guy's name? Um, John Runyon, or no, um, I'm talking about he was at the um, the Redskins, Samuel, yeah, Samuel, Samuel. Right? yeah, so Samuel's Flozell. Walter Jones, Orlando Pace were all in the MC and they all kept going and they would never miss. 
So I was alternate for like three times, like three different times. And then I finally made it. But like, they would never miss. <laughs> so was like, but also, <laughs> why back then even too, it's like one, and it's more so on the defensive like me and side. But also, were always alternates. Right. But also like same with offensive linemen, typically they usually, it's only left tackles. It's only like, and on defense, linebackers are only edge rushers because they're the only ones putting up numbers. So you'll never see a, you know, a, th- a four, three outside linebacker in there because DeMarcus Ware's out there and he's getting 14 sacks a year, right. even though he's not really a linebacker. And back when they had the game, you weren't allowed to play a three, four, you had to play a four, three, you couldn't blitz. You had all these rules. So I'm surprised that even now as they're doing it, without a game that they're still looking at it that way. Like, I feel like um I, I feel like they give offensive linemen more a little bit more stats now. Like we didn't really have they didn't have stats for us. Yeah, so like everybody they gave us a paper when it came time to vote and you look to see who had the most sacks. You just it was a paper that you could look at, see who right. had the most sacks. And some people it just was based off of like who always go. Mm-hmm. Um so for Darisol it'll just be just you know being consistent. I'm pretty sure was he an alternate? Yeah. Right, so he'll be alternate a couple of times until like those older guys kind of get out of the way, and then he'll get his chance. Because, right, to me, for the most part, offensive linemen is like there's no real stats, so they just keep picking the same people until. I remember one year I was alternate behind Orlando Pace, and it was like you missed like a big chunk of the season, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? And they're like, how am I still alternate behind you? You missed half the season, but it's just there's no stats. They don't really know that. They know he played, so. Hopefully that doesn't happen to him for as long. Like, hopefully, you know, somehow there's a breakthrough. But as long as those older guys are around and people are used to them, they'll keep going. That's an extremely valid point, uh, Bryant, because even now there's not a lot of offensive line stats. Thankfully, we have pro football focus, and then we have, like, you know, pressures allowed. But in your era, there was nada. And I remember that. Yeah. But I remember that as a youngster trying to figure out, like, is so-and-so good? Well, I'd have no way of knowing. I just have to figure out with my eye test. So, right. yeah. So, yeah, that's a very valid point that it, it was probably just a straight popularity contest. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Until we but had- I like the fact that the NFL's kind of transition and is giving some type of um, recognition now to the offensive line. Like, they're showing them do pancake blocks. They're showing, they're showing things that make you say, oh, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. I hear Imagine you. They're a world. About him more often. Like even Trent Williams, they speak about him. They gave him a 99 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like they're speaking about offensive linemen more often. Like I told you the only time you heard about offensive linemen, you jumped off sides and had a holding penalty <laughs> <on you. laughs> I can't imagine a world where Bryant McKinney isn't most popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was on that team, I would be have to be on everybody's team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move into some of the Giants stuff. So here's the deal on the Giants. Uh, If you think that the Vikings are overachievers or frauds, let me introduce you to said Giants. I won't call them those words, but they are certainly have a better record than you would think based on their roster talent and their, their numbers in general. They have one of the worst defenses in the league by any metric that you want to point at Uh, per EPA per play expected points added. They're 29th. Same thing for DVOA. Their biggest weakness is uh, stuffing the run. They don't do that very well. 
But the Colts game kind of showed you can throw stats out the window. Um, but the Giants are, like I said, in the driver's seat. They're probably going to reach the postseason. Uh, that's because the Washington Commanders and Seattle Seahawks have a gruesome schedule upcoming, especially this weekend, because Seattle travel, travels to the Chiefs and the Commanders play the 49ers. So the, the Giants are sitting pretty. They haven't beat the Vikings since 2013. The last time they did was the Josh Freeman game, and the Vikings have won three times since. On another note, Kirk Cousins historically struggles against the Giants. He's thrown 10 touchdowns, 14 picks, and that's a very upside-down stat line for that man. So, Yannick, I'll start with you. Uh, I know you're optimistic about this game in general in terms of prediction and whatnot, but what do you what do you think the Giants – You think how do you think the game starts? Is it going to be an ordinary game? Does somebody rush out to a lead or what? Uh, I think the Vikings will just, will just get a lead and, and win it. From, from the beginning, um, I think they are just better. Um, the Giants are 2-4-1 and one since Week 8. Um, they have lost against against uh, against good teams, but they still lost. We beat some good teams, so I think they're, they're the better team, and especially Delvin Cook will run on them. They have Dexter Lawrence at defensive tackle, but their rushing defense is still a disaster, so I think Dalvin will have a big day. And find a gigantic piece of wood to knock on if Dalvin Cook is indeed upright and going, which he's not on the injury report or anything. This would be the most games he's played in a season. And at the at his oldest age yet, obviously, uh, yeah, he looks like he's on on pace to play most of the season, which is the first of its kind. Uh, Sally, the last time we had a grandiose comeback against the Bills, we played like shit the next week. Are you fearful of that at all? Look, regardless of this season, I'm always fearful of it. Uh, last week was a big reminder, um, but when it's an important you know, game, uh, like winning the NFC Championship, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a close one again, of course. Why would I think anything differently? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, you know, the high of last game, the emotional you know, carry on of that. Plus knowing they've already won the division, you don't want to be complacent. It's all possible. Ron, do you foresee another nail biter or do you have them beating somebody by more than eight points for first time in three and a half months? I, I don't know if I see that at all, just because the, the way that games have been played, um, regardless of how like good of a win it is or whatnot. So it's hard to go against the, the closeness of it, but man, like, you know, I'd like to say that we're a significantly better team than the giants. I mean, they are well coached and they have obviously Barkley, their offensive lines played better and a good defense. Um, but as long as Daniel Jones is a quarterback, I'm not, they're not going to ever concern me. Um, you know, other than his mobility, which, still uh that's pretty baffling that no team can figure that out either but uh um man i do i do think this is the week that they that they win by more than eight um and i'm gonna look stupid uh come next week when you know we win by five um you know because of uh something dumb that happens um but i like yeah like you guys alluded to it's the dalvin like he's looking explosive he's making especially the way that he ran angry last week like in the second half like he him and kj osborne they just they did not want to go down like regardless of the score so i i see them coming out and i think the the wideout will be a nice touch um because 
you know, players get amped up for stuff like that. You know, it'll be like a college atmosphere type game. And, you know, as long as um, if they play, if they don't screw themselves over, you know, with a block punt, a fake punt, um, you know, compounding dumb stuff, they should roll. Um, But again, I'll believe it when I see it, even though I'm saying it. Bryant, the Giants employ a top two running back, probably anywhere between the 15th and 20th best quarterback, and then some some good defensive playmakers, um, but nothing to write home about. What do you expect from this Giants-Vikings game? I expect the, um, I expect the Vikings to <clears throat> not have a dead first half like they did last week, and I feel like that's a big emphasis this week. So I expect them to come out and score within the first two or three drives. You know, I, I can't see them going a whole – quarter without scoring, especially after what they did last week. Um, I feel like that's a big emphasis to get out here and, um, you know, score early. Um, so do I think it's going to be close? More, I can see it being like a 10 to 12 point game. I can see that. I can see that. Um, and just kind of just showing that we, we aren't, you know, lax or, you know, getting too comfortable. I mean, that needs to be the attitude, you know, in the locker room. So, Hopefully, and no player wants to keep going through that. You you don't have the opportunities to keep, you know, coming back like that either. It's like, okay, we, we got away with one, but let's not keep putting ourselves in that position. So what uh, last weekend when they came back against the Colts, uh, the next day, the Buccaneers lost to the Bengals, which guarantees the Vikings the number three seed, no matter what. Uh, that means all the Vikings are playing for right now is the number two seed. And the reason that's important is because it would – guarantee a second home playoff game if they win the first one. Uh, the Niners are nipping at their heels. If the, the Vikings have to finish one game ahead, one win ahead of the 49ers, otherwise the tiebreaker probably goes to San Francisco. So the that's really the only thing. The division's locked up, uh, and this is kind of a teaser that the Bears game in Week 18 could be meaningless, and that would surprise nobody because it's meaningless every year. Sally, before I forget, this no, white... No, it's not. What is it? It's not meaningless every year. Like five out of six, it has been. No, in 2018, it was a win and in, and they lost. And before, uh, and, that's and it. the year before that, there was a similar situation. For it was for seeding, they would have had a higher seed if they beat them. And what? what it year? almost always matters. Uh, <laughs> Let me look it up, and I'll I, tweet it. I respectfully will tell you that it hardly ever matters, because. It's the game that I always end up not going to because it's decided. Like they're either resting or it's just for vibes. Uh, certainly, vibes. The 2018, <laughs> certainly the 2018 game was for like, you know, all the marbles, so to speak. But the rest really haven't been since U.S. Bank Stadium opened. Weren't there? There were two years in a row where it mattered. See? Well, 2019 wasn't right one of now. them. So it must have been 2017 trying to get the, the one number one seed. seed. Mm, Maybe. Hold on. I'm looking. Just well, keep I can, talking. I can keep guarantee talking. you 2019 was meaningless because the starters were rested. 2020, it was already kaput. Last year, it didn't matter at all because people wanted them to tank. Both of these bas- these last two games, people wanted them to lose for the draft pick. So that's three years in a row where it hasn't meant anything. And 2016 was the year they did the divest sign and they were already eliminated. So maybe 2017. Was it 2019 for seeding when they played? Uh, no, because they rested starters. I think it was 2017. Well, all right, we'll figure it out. Employee. No one wants to listen to us. Being, <laughs> no one wants to listen to this. We'll figure it out right now. 
Uh, I want to ask you about the whiteout, Sally. Do you think that we pull this off as fans, or do you think it's something too unique for us to get behind? I really hope so. I don't know. I feel like I see more people talking about it than I would think. Um, and I went to a Gophers game earlier this year that they did like the checker pattern, and I had zero faith in those people because uh, they're all majority of their fans are like boomers, and they actually pulled that off. So that gives me some hope. And plus, Ryan Skullbros won't shut up about it. So <laughs> I do think that, uh, like, when, like, one, I think the concept is great. Like, it's always, you know, cool, especially like when you look at how it's done in college. But I feel like in something like this, like, they, they should give like a t shirt for every fan. So then there is zero excuse at the game. Like, you know, if you show up, you know, and you're wearing, you know, your purple jersey, because that's the only Vikings jersey you have, like, they should. They the Vikings make enough, the NFL makes enough money where they can afford to put, you know, a Haynes t-shirt with the you know NFC North champs or something on it, um, on each seat. And I think I always think that's the um the part that it's like why don't they like, they get towels and stuff at um at you know playoff games and whatnot? Yeah, they're so. the Vikings actually aren't terribly stingy about giving away cool stuff. I mean, the mullets would have to be more expensive than a basic t-shirt, you know? True. So, so I'm going to guess now that you've said that, that I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was a t-shirt, but then you have to do with sizes, you know, how you just get everybody huge and then hope for the best. Oh, I'm sure that they don't care how it fits. It's yeah. just the, it's the ambiance part of it. So I put throw yeah. one in an XL, whether it fits or not. And Yeah. Um, just like with the t-shirts they throw out or give away at Timberwolves games. It's all, you know, just ginormous or. Whatever, yeah. They're, so. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to our seat and there's something there. Okay. Cool. cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they really want to to do this because the Vikings will be in all white and you know, the, those of us who are obsessed with it and attendance will be. So, you know what I was just thinking though, remember when KJ told us that the lights in us bank stadium, sometimes mess with you, you got to get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Now the lights are going to be bouncing off that white end zone. Oh yeah. Cause they painted the end zone white. Like it's something to think about. Oh, That's yeah. all I'm saying. A little Metrodome nostalgia. <laughs> Any chance that, uh, that those, and I know they're novelty hats, like with that for signatures and stuff. But any chance of a uh, white helmets coming out for this game, like just as a surprise, or I feel like the NFL likes to hype these things up whenever something like that's done. But man, wouldn't that be sweet if they were if they rolled out in those white helmets? Yeah, I don't. I think that if they were ever going to do that, which I do not think they will, because they've had oodles of opportunities. I think they would have teased that a long time ago, mainly because like the hype machine. And I'm thoroughly convinced that the Vikings ownership is adamant or diametrically opposed to doing anything with the helmets, let alone doing anything funky to the jerseys. The whiteout is a big funky thing um, by their estimation. Why would they care? Who? Why would Ziggy care? Why would the ownership care about that? Because we never do anything to change the uniforms compared to how some of the other funky stuff that goes down in the league. Well, we never had a fun coach till now. (laughs) <laughs> well maybe the coach will Brian who is because when you were drafted um like there Harry was Styles? a uniform change one year like who was who is the owner was Wilf the owner of the team when they went to those terrible jerseys that you guys had to wear in the mid to late 2000s yeah mm-hmm. the Reebok ones I, yeah like just the 
Yeah, the wolf showed up in 2000 with the whites here. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a good thing. Like we had a lot of badass players rocking them, but uh, those, man, those those things were ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I don't right. know if owners have anything to do with that, though. Don't you think the league designs that kind no. of stuff? No, I don't. You think, usually a, you think a Minnesota like fashion designer is designing it every no. year? I think the the owners say, "Let's shake this up. We'll hire the best people to give the design." And the NFL is like, "Sure, go ahead and do it." I don't think that the NFL says you need to wear this. Well, then why is there so much crappy merchandise that all is the same from every single team? It's just tweaked a little. I don't know. I, That's I, why I think it's just the NFL design. Well, I don't know. Whatever. It's all speculation. We'll have to. We'll have to I'm sure, the so, NFL comes this up one with off it, air. but I think the the teams probably have a say on whether or not they want to rebrand or whatever. Like look at so, uh, Daniel, jo- Daniel Snyder and the, and the commanders, like how long it took for, for them to, to do anything. True. Oh, well he had to green light it. So you mean that I have to blame Ziggy for the skull sister merch? No, I, I, I think the fundamental design of the, the helmet and the uniform, the buck stops here with the ownership they can say, let's change this up. And then the whole Vikings organization says, well, yeah, we'll get cracking and come up with some options. But I don't think that Roger Goodell is like, hmm, let's do the Vikings next. I think it's a owner-driven thing. Because to Ron's point, they would have forced uh, Doofus Snyder to change the slur many years ago. You're right. All right. Yeah, I kind of like how the helmets have gone unchanged because that, um, I mean, you know, imagine if they were 4-0 instead of 0-4 in the Super Bowls. Like that, per- that purple helmet with the horn on the side. Um, I mean, that's pretty iconic. Um, and you know, you go back to those old videos, um, of them playing with purple people eaters and, you know, I, so I like that they haven't messed with the, how the helmet looks. Yannick, I have Vikings 37, 27. Bryant said Vikings by 10 or 12, uh, Ron's predicting a blowout, but is sick of being wrong. What do you got Yannick? I got 3620. Oh, okay. So yeah, 16. Well, that, that would feel gigantic by these 2022 yeah. standards. All right, Sally, take us off where with your prediction. Um, how about 34, 31? Oh, so you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's right on brand with the high scoring squeaker. <laughs> yep. All right, group. Anything else? Uh no. no, not really. All right, be well, cold out there on Saturday. So, yeah, are you are you tailgating, Sally? Uh, right now, most likely not. It depends mm-hmm. on the wind. Um, if it's just cold, that'll be fine because the heater is so hot. But if it's over fifty miles an hour wind, the tent just doesn't stay put. So, yeah, well, that's understandable. That's one thing. Uh, I, I hear all the time is like the, the joke or the meme that Midwesterners be like, yeah, it's not so cool if it wasn't for the wind. But it's so unbelievably true that, you know, it, it transcends a meme because it's just a matter of fact. And yeah. Right. Yeah. And obviously, like our tent is like near it's open right there. So we don't really have a buffer and you only get one parking spot. So it's not like I can put it beside the car or something. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we all, we're all picking the Vikings. That's on Christmas Eve. We'll be back next Wednesday to discuss a 12 and 3 team or 11 and 14. Yep. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. You guys Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thanks, Yannick. Yannick, nice to meet you. Yeah, Yannick. See you soon. Later. Bye.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.